conversations I have myself in the mirror. Hey y'all, listen. This is season one, episode three. I'm probably not going to get in the habit of doing that because I'm going to lose track. So why would even do it? Okay. We're going to talk about on this podcast, men and grief. So July is the month where I will be acknowledging that my father has been gone for a year. It is a very emotional month. It's been an emotional journey all year, but it is a very emotional month because reality continues to set in and set in and set in. And um, my family is still walking through grief. My child is still walking through grief. I am still walking through grief. And I started to do an episode on this where I had shared about finding a card from my dad around my birthday or no, around Valentine's Day, and which was a card that I found that was given to me on my birthday. And I kept it because it's his handwriting. Um, my dad was very, you know, intentional about cards. And so he um, gave me this special card and I, I kept it. Um, what happened to me in my grief was very, whew, I was in a very vulnerable place and I felt like I was catching everybody else, but no one was catching Audrey. No one was giving me what I needed in the moment. I was just ensuring everybody else was good. And um, going through the process of having to be with my family and walk through the process of funeral and just all the things, it was a very hard, very, very, very hard moment. And I had, I, you know, my closest friends I had with me, but I didn't have this male presence that I really truly desired. And now I really didn't have it because the one person I was getting that from was my father just him checking on me every day. My dad called me every day to check on me to make sure I was good. Um, to not hear those, to not get those phone calls anymore, to hear his voice or to just go over the house and just be in his presence and hear his, hear what he's watching or, or hear him talk. It's just something that is bittersweet. And so that time was very vulnerable because I was crying a lot. And I tell you, I'm pretty sure I had car problems in the past, but I called my dad for it. So in this season, I just felt like now car problems were just happening left to right for me. And it was a very sensitive time. And one thing I can say is I didn't have, um, you know, my uncles, they live in a completely different state, you know, so I didn't have anybody that I was connected to um, that I really felt like I could call them and lean on them. And so... Um, what was happening was I would, I was trying to get my car fixed and, and somebody would take advantage of an opportunity of my vulnerability. And, and then it would, it, it would always escalate to them hitting on me or just, just doing something that was completely out of pocket. And then I remember calling a friend and saying, you know, this and this and this happened. You know, maybe it's something I did. Maybe I should have never let my guard down. I should have never, because as a, as a woman who is a mom who has, who is, you know, running a household, 
you try to stay in your femininity, as they call it, your softness. You try to stay in that as much as you can. But being a mom, you have to um, protect yourself. And so you have to um, step into a space of, of trying to make your daughter feel protected, trying to make yourself feel protected there. And so... Um, the moment that I let down my guard as a woman, it was the most regrettable moment ever because there were men who saw fit to take advantage of that moment. And it was hurtful because I didn't have anybody who could come and just be a male presence in those spaces like my father was. Um, I was very you know, fortunate to have a friend in another state that I could call um, and then somebody who's like a brother to me. And I even had a male presence with me, but I felt like it was wrong for me to continue that um, relationship, even though it was an associate relationship, because he didn't deserve to be used to try to replace or fill a void for the for what I feel like I lacked. He didn't deserve that. And, and so I made a point to, to kind of just disassociate myself because um it was just it wasn't it wasn't um where it wasn't something I wanted to do you hear people tell you all the time God is your protector God is your provider God will comfort you and at that time I didn't want to hear that I wanted to fall into someone's arms. I wanted to cry on somebody's shoulder. I wanted to feel embraced. I wanted to. I wanted a man to affirm and say, you're going to be okay. But I didn't have that. I didn't have that physical presence. I've had, I have, like I said, I had an amazing brother in another state. I had a, a friend in a, another state and I would talk to them, but it was, it wasn't the same. You know, and um, I was asked by one of my friends, you know, why didn't I, you know, tell them? And I was like, because, you know, <sighs> picking up the phone and telling somebody that your father passed, all I had was tears. All I, I, I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't even get it out of my mouth. So for me, I didn't want to pick up the phone and, and just, I just wanted to pick up the phone and say something and they just ran to me and say, I got you. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. Gosh. And so, um, that was hard. And so, um, the journey of dealing with my emotions as a woman, as a daughter, taking on my daughter's emotions and all the things that came with that journey, it was hard. Was God with me? Yes. I wouldn't have made it through if he wasn't. He is a protector. He is a provider. He is um, a comforter. 
but it was hard. And um, so, you know, as I embraced that journey, men were in, were, they put me in very awkward places and I, um, I became angry. Just, I just became angry and um, I just wanted my father. I just wanted my father's presence. I did. Um, it was hard for me not to want to feel the void of having a man here. As a woman who is, you know, okay? As a woman, I could, I know that I could have a man come into my house and I could have him fulfill um, what I need him to fulfill. But um, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want that a man to come in here and try to fulfill that void because it was it wasn't it wasn't right. It wasn't right. It wasn't right, and um, I didn't want to walk through that. And I, and that wasn't um, that's not who I am. It's not in my character to use someone to fulfill the void of me missing my father. It just wasn't right. And I knew that I would be I would be using them. And it just wasn't right. So <clears throat> I walked through it the best way I knew how. And um and what I love about God is <laughs> he sent someone my way who he wasn't sin actually I've always known him um and he had stepped into this space and I call him dad I love him I love his meekness I love his um the way he uh, fills up a room when he walks in it I love the just the little things and so um, he reminded me of what my dad was always just looking out, you know, like he would tell me if something was going on in my car and checking on it. And, and I always call him dad because he just, that's what he always just felt like to me. And so, um, having him was a beautiful feeling because it was God telling me that he hears me. He sees me and he understands, you know, Chandler Moore has this song and it's, he understands. And we think that God doesn't, but he does. And when you finally wipe your tears and you open up your eyes, what you see in front of you is God sending someone to be the very thing that he knew that you cried out for or needed. And right there, what I needed wasn't this man to come into my household and, 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 you know, for me to be in this relationship with or for me to be sleeping with him for comfort or for him to come into that space and fill that void. Um, I needed someone who carried the characteristics of a fatherly presence and just, just a man. And when I opened up my eyes after many tears and grieving, <clears throat> um, both my spiritual mother and father, they showed up to my father's funeral. And I remember seeing them in excitement because I was like, oh my God, it's like, oh, my parents are here. <laughs> and um, as, as, I, as I started to, you know, be actually sent back to them um, in, a, in an amazing way, 
I um, realized that what I needed was right in front of me. And I call him dad. <laughs> I call him dad. And um, every time I see him, I light up like a little girl. Every time I see him, I ask him, you know, for help with something. I text him. I, you know, call him. I don't try to put him into this place where he just becomes my father. Because that, you know, only I only I had one father, right? But I love how God will send another person to remind you that community in the village is so important because he is like a father to me and I love him. And, um, I've gotten gotten to spend a lot of time with him. Um, he does little things that, um, reminds me of my dad, like just dropping, like making sure I have breakfast or, um, just, just little stuff. And he adores his wife who is like a spiritual mom to me. And she, um, and I get to see them interact in the way of love and I watch him and I watch how he, you know, I just watch him. I'm just like this little girl who's just watching him like, uh, you know, and, um, and, and it's, it's an answered prayer. God is good and he's faithful. And at any time I, if I feel like I need help, if I feel like I need anything, God, God is there. Right. And he just showed me how he listens to my heart and my prayers. And he already went before me. He already sent me to a place, sent me into a community that I didn't know I was going to need and already prepared what I, what I needed in the moment. But when we take it upon ourselves to do it ourselves, we'll miss what God already had. So if I took it upon myself to let a man come into my household, come in to fulfill that void, fulfill that need, fulfill that space for me and my daughter, and they might've, they might've been that, but they would've been a counterfeit of it because I would've had to give something. I would have give give something to get it. And I didn't have to, I shouldn't have had to give anything to get that, right? I would have had to, um, you know, to compromise just so I can have somebody in that space for me. You know, no one can ever replace my father, but there are men who are in my life who are, um, you know, beautiful human beings and they serve in what they know how to do so well. And so when I didn't make it a point to try to figure out how to navigate that space of wanting to feel protected and wanting to feel, you know, somebody embracing me, God opened up my eyes and he allowed me to see who was like a father to me this whole time and who I needed the most in this season of my life. And I am... As I'm saying this on this podcast, I'm grateful. It's a conversation that I had in the mirror about how God is faithful and he hears you. And when you don't make it a point to try to create and orchestrate what you want to feel and see, God knew what I needed. I didn't need a man in my house to operate as a boyfriend or as as a you know partner or anything of that nature. I needed someone who just represented uh, this man who could be affirming, who could be like a father to me. 